You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the Ten Commandments, now looking at the Fourth Commandment. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. The Fourth Commandment to keep the Sabbath is an odd one. The text is a lot longer than that in the other commandments. And it's also odd in that it doesn't reappear explicitly in the New Testament. Let's review where we've come so far in our series. We've looked at three commandments that amplify what it means to love God wholeheartedly. And with number four, Sabbath, we'll conclude that section of the Ten Commandments. The other six fall into a separate category. Along with circumcision and keeping kosher, Sabbath observance was a unique marker, identifying the Jews as God's holy people. It's not that no one else was circumcised, because circumcision was practiced by the Egyptians, though not by the Philistines and so forth. But keeping kosher, Israel's food laws were certainly unique. And Sabbath observance was specially for them as well, marking them as God's people. So these three together, circumcision, kashrut, and Shabbat, identified God's followers, the Jews, as his people. Well, this fourth commandment doesn't reappear in the New Testament, as mentioned, and that's an anomaly. I think it'd be a lot easier if it did. But the fact that it does not reappear in the New Testament and it doesn't reappear in Christianity for centuries, suggests that God is creating a radical break with the laws of uh, the Jewish covenant. And let me just share an opinion before we read our text. It's much longer than the others. I think that probably reflects the greater difficulty in, in observing this commandment. So when you look at the ten You'll notice that most of them are quite short, but several are long. And I think those are the ones that were hardest for God's people to follow. The original Ten Commandments, as we've mentioned, would have been on two tablets, two identical copies, one for each party, for God and the other for his people. But probably the length, and of course we don't have the original, so I cannot prove it, But I believe it's reasonable that the length of the commands was originally all about the same. In other words, probably one sentence each. But there's been a kind of expansion that went on as God's people, through the Holy Spirit, continued to reflect on the commandment. Okay, enough intro. Let's read Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. There's a natural rhythm, or should be, in our lives. The work week 
is not an arbitrary distinction. There's nothing arbitrary about weeks and months and years. And yet there's a natural rhythm, a healthy rhythm. We work and we take a break. Just as each day we require some sleep, each week we need to recharge. And that's a natural and wholesome rhythm. And I think science has shown us that without some kind of break, I wouldn't necessarily call it a Sabbath, but without some time off, we lose mental sharpness. We're more prone to disease. We're less productive and happy as human beings. But of course, we never obey God's commands just for what we get out of it. But that that does come along with respecting God's principles. There's a natural rhythm. For most of the world, it's still a six-day week. You may be fortunate to live in a country like France or Italy, or perhaps you're in the United States, uh, where most people just work five days a week. I know some of you are in more difficult financial situations. You may even have two jobs, and, and you're working almost seven days a week, and you would admit that's not ideal. But most of the world has a six-day week, and many countries that I visit, I meet brothers and sisters who work six or even seven days. They're in a, a form of bondage. They really have no choice. And if we live in a country with only a five-day week, we are blessed and in a very unusual circumstance historically. The command begins saying to remember the Sabbath day. We remember it in part because we're tempted to forget it. Remember probably has a different meaning, though, here, and that is to observe it. When God remembered Noah, Genesis 8, 1, it wasn't because oh, wow, I almost forgot him. It was relational in context. And it has to do with God's overarching plans. So we remember the Sabbath day, and we do so by keeping it holy. The Sabbath day will come either way, but keep it holy. And it's relational because we're not just jumping into some religious system. We're remembering God. God longs for us. He wants our hearts. You see that the... Command applied not only to families, but to the extended family, that is the servants. Uh, we could think of it more as domestic help than as slaves, and that would be much more close to what was going on at the time. Um, it applied to foreigners residing in the towns, you know, people who had settled down, who'd been attracted to Israel for whatever reason. And even the animals benefited from this rest, although we doubt that they were remembering the Lord as they did so. I think a misconception about Sabbath is that it's just a time to let down and be lazy. And to me, that's almost as pernicious a misconception as the one that views heaven as a perpetual rest where we just lounge around. But Sabbath was never a time for indolence. It was a time for focusing on God, just as heaven will not be a time of inactivity, but a time and Occasion of great activity and responsibility, something that our whole lives now are preparing us for. Ah, but that is not our topic. Historically, for the Jews, even if you talk to observant Jews today, they'll show you that Sabbath is not a time to do nothing. It's a time to be devoted to the study of Torah, to study the law of Moses. And so when we have time off from work, are we honoring God 
Or are we putting something else at the top of the list, whether it's your favorite program or some activity or club you're part of? Remembering the Lord as our primary and principal relationship is behind this Sabbath command. Now, technically, Sunday never was a Sabbath, nor could it ever be a Sabbath. Sabbath is related to the Hebrew word for seven. The Sabbath was Saturday. And yet, not even that is quite right, because for the Jews, the day begins with the evening. And so Sabbath is Friday evening to Saturday evening, and still is as they try to observe it. So Sunday could never be a Sabbath. That was impossible because Saturday was the seventh day, or more correctly, Friday evening to Saturday evening. When Christianity apostatized, when the persecution died down and it adopted politics as its preferred mode of advancing itself, and when the Roman government created the church state, or shall we call it a state church, eventually Sunday was called a Sabbath. That doesn't come until about three centuries after the time of Jesus. But even then, they weren't saying that it was the uh, seventh day of the week. It just became more of a, a holy day or a day of not working. But by then, so many things are going crazy. We shouldn't think that uh, th- this means that Christians were obeying Sabbath earlier on because there's no evidence that they were. In fact, Sunday as Sabbath would have been really, I mean, as Sabbath, as uh, the meeting day for the church would have been very inconvenient. The Jews were used to meeting on Saturdays. Saturday was their day off. Sunday was a work day. And in many parts of the world, for example, the, the Islamic world where I visit now and again, it still is a work day. And so if you want to meet on Sunday, it's not very convenient. The early Christians, at least from what we can glean reading between the lines in First Corinthians and reading explicit testimony in the early second century, the early Christians met twice on Sunday before sunrise and then again in the evening once they were finished with their jobs. We may be arguing in our local church, should we move the service to 11 o'clock or have an afternoon service? How fortunate that we can have those discussions. For the early church who met on Sunday honoring Christ's resurrection, they had to meet before sunrise. They would come back again in the evening after work was done. And so uh, to, to, to think that they ever would have made Sunday a Sabbath is, is ridiculous. It would have been impossible. It was a work day. You can't just tell your employer, I'm not working anymore. And if you were a servant, uh, try that one on. The Sabbath last is reflected in the, the creation week. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. So you have the poetic or semi-poetic six-day creation week in Genesis 1, and that is reflected, or uh, the Sabbath is reflected in that week itself. So there's a natural rhythm where to remember God. We're not meant to be working uh, all the time, although as my wife tells me I'm working all the time. <laughs> and let me uh, wrap this up with a few mm, Thoughtful and maybe probing, challenging questions. 
Some may challenge you because it requires you to work, and others are challenging just on a personal level. Let me begin, begin with something personal. Am I a working machine? Some listening to this lesson, you know it. The first thing you do when you get up is check your messages. If you have any free time, you're, you're working. You're on call all the time. How would life change if I took the Sabbath principle seriously? I'm not talking about necessarily shutting down shop at Friday at sunset and starting work again Saturday evening. I'm talking about the principle where one day in seven, I'm not working at all. Now, I know for some people listening to this, to only work six days would be to work more than you're working now. So there's an opposite challenge, too. Because for those of us who worship leisure, look forward to a leisurely retirement. Here's the question. Am I beholden to such a vision? Am I just working now so that one day I won't have to work? Do I know or even care about the realities of work for most people on the planet? There's no retirement. They work as long as they're physically able, and then they just work a little bit, and then they die. And so there are two extremes when it comes to work. And one is to treat ourselves as machines. We're trying to squeeze out every last ounce of productivity. And the other one is, is the opposite. It's an attitude that avoids work and imagines falsely that one day in heaven, there'll be nothing to do. Well, more theologically, how Jewish do Christians need to be? This came up in the early church when some Christians who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, that was their affiliation, but they were Christians, were saying that uh, Christian men must be circumcised, one of those three markers of Judaism. And the answer that the early church came to at the Council of Jerusalem, Acts chapter 15, you will recall that Paul spoke and Peter spoke, and then James, who was the point man there in Jerusalem, uh, sums up. What they conclude is not that the Gentiles, the non-Jews, need to be circumcised, but they just need to respect the sensitivities of their Jewish brethren and not do things that will antagonize them or show disrespect or cause them to stumble. And that's pretty much what the circular letter uh, sent out after the council uh, referred to. Now, that's, it's not an easy passage to interpret. I would encourage you to think about that. And the deeper question is, how Jewish were the early Christians required to be? They were probably more Jewish than we can imagine, but in some ways, less than we would ever dare think. Am I setting aside Sabbath time? And I'll put Sabbath in in, in quotation marks. But am I setting aside that time to deepen my relationship with the Lord? Am I doing that? Because you could say, well, I don't work seven days. I only work six or five. But am I setting aside time to work on my relationship with God? Well, no, I wouldn't want to do any work. You know, I know the Bible says that God stopped his work of creating in Genesis uh, chapter two. But in John chapter five, Jesus says that the father is at work even to this day. So he stops the work of creation that is he completes the creation but that doesn't mean he stopped working (laughs) there were other things to do and so 
We need to think uh, humbly and openly about this issue. Well, am I setting aside time to do the really important work in my relationship with God? Weekly? Daily? Do I dream of going to bed at night when I've, when I've had a day of no meditation on God's word? No, no serious prayer? One more question for you. Does my view of Sabbath cause me to look down on those who disagree with me? You know, we have, we have different views on this. And undoubtedly, one person's right and another person's wrong. Do I look down on those who I know are wrong? I think that's a great question at all times. For further study, you might notice how Nehemiah approached the Sabbath issue in the book named after him. Reflect on the issue of special days in Romans 14 and 15. And you may want to listen to the podcast I've recorded on the Sabbath. Let's read part of the fourth commandment again as we wrap up this lesson. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It was very difficult for the Jews to obey this. And even in principle, it's very difficult for modern persons to honor it. But we all need to have Sabbath wisdom in our lives. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on the Ten Commandments. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.